It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. I'm your captain, Jim Bob Ovalshorts, and tonight we have got a very special guest for you. I uh, reached out there and found the host of William Ramsey Investigates, William Ramsey. If you're not too familiar with him, he's an independent investigative journalism that broadcasts covering a variety of subjects, including politics, parapolitics, true crime, history, conspiracies, religions, cults, I mean, and more. Man, he has written some fantabulous books, one that I've read myself, of course, and others that I need to, and I definitely intend to, because he, he's got some good, very thorough work. He is also a you know a lawyer on top of all of this so he really knows a lot of his things he tonight is going to be telling us a lot about something that he's been working on a lot recently that he's been investigating that i have just found absolutely fascinating um it's a kind of an old conspiracy and i don't even like calling it a conspiracy because there's just too much of it to think it's a conspiracy anymore it's more of a conspiracy fact maybe like there's just too many of those coincidences happening and you know how i feel about coincidences boys and girls it's just not my route so william has done a really great job and made some fantabulous documentaries to showcase all of this and has come here tonight to you know, give us the scoop on some of the stuff and maybe educate us too and educate all y'all out there listening and watching wherever you are all over the world because, you know, we can be found everywhere. And that's thanks to each and every one of you. So we do greatly appreciate the support and we can't thank you more than enough except for by, as of recently, doing our awesome sticker giveaway that's been going on at unconstitutionalawakening.com. All you got to do is answer the riddle at the end of the episode over there at whatever episode it is on the website under the podcast and more section. And you can get yourself some sweet free merch, man. Or you can also check out our merch store linked on the website to get you some sweet free get you some sweet merch because anything you get definitely goes to helping us run this website because it is all self-funded. So we do appreciate anything you can give towards us to keep this going, man. 
And while you're over there at the website, you can check out where to watch us if all you do is listen and where to listen if all you do is watch us. And you can even just listen to us right there on the on the website, man. I've tried to hook it up to make it easy for you guys. There's that link I was telling you guys about for some merch. You can hop on over there, man. I'm, I'm going to work on some new stuff soon. I think it's time to make some updated stuff. So be on the lookout for that. And while you're there, you can check out our friends in Liberty, man. Kirk Elliott, helping you invest your money properly. Peachy Key Creations, doing energy healing and making homemade herbal teas, soaps, and so much more. Ammo Can Survival, taking care of all of your plate carrier and survival needs. Brett, Park, Brett Pike, classical with Classical Learner and Homeschools Connected. And also his Cubs to Bears books, doing a great job of leading the charge of homeschooling here in America to uh, unschool them from the propaganda that even we all had to go through. So let's do better, boys and girls. Let's let's not put our kids through that stuff. Brett's the guy to talk to about it. And of course, our latest our latest friend, Pure Pet Wellness, making CBD products for pets, man. Make sure your pets are nice and calm and relaxed and have a better quality of life than they have before. Get them some stuff from those guys, man. And each guy, each one of these guys have total discounts. If you use my links or go over there and use my words, the code words and stuff that are placed in each episode, man. So you guys make sure you check all that stuff out. Maybe it'll help you. It's alternatives to the corporations that are out there ruling the world and maybe have something to do with these smiley face killings that we're going to talk about, man. This, this is going to be a really fun night. Luis and Bandit are here with me. So I think this is going to be a great time to get great time to get at it. So uh, let's wake her and set sail on this episode. And good evening, everyone. As I introduced you guys earlier on the intro there, I have William Ramsey with me of William Ramsey Investigates, man. I was really excited that he got back to me to join us on an episode of the show here. And Louise and Bandit are here with me tonight. So I think tonight's going to be a really good night. How is everyone doing this evening? Very well. I'm pretty it's a little good. cold in my garage, but I'm all right. <laughs> Man, we're 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 still hot off some uh, some hairy thunderstorm weather and some bad tornadoes down in my end of the country. It's uh and it's been like an eighty degree day today again today. So who knows how it's gonna where it's going? But I mean, you know, when they're out there spraying things left and right, there's no telling what the weather's gonna be the next day. The way that I look at it, so we just kind of run with that. So uh, if you know, if a lot of you aren't too familiar, you know, he William the William Ramsey Investigates podcast. You guys, as I was saying in the opening, is pretty pretty well known, and he does his own investigative journalism. And man, there has been some great books that I've read that he's done dealt with, and most recently he's been doing some stuff with like the Smiley Face Murders and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if too many of you guys are familiar with that, but I was, as I was saying, I was excited that he got back to me and is here to join me this evening. So, sir, I. First off, I want to say thank you for the hard work you put into exposing things and stuff like that. Like that's there, I, I understand that there's a lot of work and spreading truth and understand the flack that people get back from it and whatnot. So thank you, sir, for the work you're out there doing. Thank you. Thank you. It's pretty it's been interesting. I was really not a trained journalist. I was just kind of a person who was screaming at the uh, corporate media for not covering things in depth and getting things directly wrong. So that's kind of why I got my starts. Everything. My first book was published in 2010. And then my first documentary was 2017. It was my first documentary on the Smiley Face Killings. It's called Smiley Face Killers, who was abducting, torturing, and murdering college-age men. 
in the US and UK. So I've done one, that was 2017, and then 2021, I did a follow-up to that. That's the Smiley Face Killers, the global slaughter continues. So I've done two documentaries on that, and innumerable episodes on my podcast, interviewing it, a wide variety of people. Yeah. It's over, It's isn't, isn't that over, like over 40 killings now, and the area has spread a lot larger? Yeah, I think that um, originally, going back to some of the original researchers, they had 40. I think the total amount that can call, that can be under the kind of umbrella of the phenomenon, which is young men out at night disappear later to be found in water, much later than expected, or in places that had previously been searched, that would be the smiley face killer phenomenon. I I think that's probably three or 400 deaths like that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I didn't, you know, that... I, I am unfamiliar. I am unfamiliar. I've covered about this. 120. I've covered 120 of them in my two documentaries. I am unfamiliar with this. Could you uh, expand on this a little bit? Like, why? Sure. I, I'm. Why are they named the smiley face killings? It's a great question. So originally, I was not the first researcher. The first two researchers who came together, along with there was a couple other independent journalists, but. The two that came together were Gilbertson and Gannon. Gilbertson is a criminology professor, I think, in Wisconsin. And then Gannon was a um, police officer in New York City, and they both saw the same phenomenon. Younger men, college age, younger, disappearing later to be found in water in strange places, places that had already been searched. And they found that there was a correlation between this type of death and this, uh, the symbol of the smiley face. So they gave the name to these, this kind of particular true crime or you know, criminal event, the Smiley Face Killers. And a lot of them, some of them haven't drowned. They've done a book. They did a book together in a very kind of a scholarly approach, not kind of like an armchair true crime. And the, the title of that book is Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. You can check that out. And he, uh, I think that Gilbertson had kind of a as, as you should, a proper criminology approach. He looked at the times of death, uh, drugs that were in the system. There was a over preponderance of GHB. So they found a lot of things that were very strange, but uh, also the smiley faces involved in that. So that's how it got its name. I thought it was a uh, urban myth. Like it says right there, there's case studies. Good. So I thought that, uh, like it says, it's a theory. It's not really sure, a theory. Sure. Like it's as provable that these <clears throat> cases are happening. I, so there's a lot of people trying to debunk or kind of, yes. uh, but I don't mind. I, I'm a, I up for critique, but these cases are real. I started studying in 2016 with the, the background of like, this is an urban myth, but then looking into the actual events, I found that it's well, not an urban myth. It's a real phenomenon. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on board with that myself and believing that I, I'll, everything I see that tries to debunk it calls a lot of it a coincidence. And one big thing that I will preach till I'm blue in the face is I don't believe in coincidence. Like I, I think that things like that, when they're that close and they're that similar, like there's, there's something more to the situation. And, you know, I, I understand that there are a lot of, you know, missing people just in general throughout the world. And a lot of times I ask myself though, because we all, and, and I know this is a terrible thing, but we all know that a lot of times there are numbers that have numbers added to them for propaganda sake and such. But when it comes to like this smiley face thing that I've always found fascinating with it is that 
there is so many common factors to the situation and there's <clears throat> it seems to be just a specific genre of people like it's not it, it's not really all over the place and anybody that's trying to say that it doesn't fit a like a serial killer's you know monty for however MO. you want to explain mo yeah you know it, it, it i don't think they're really looking at it like it's just it right, no, i think you're right I think it's one of those things that if you look at it topically, you may not see it, but I think that upon research people, almost all the people I've said that have realized that the phenomenon is happening, they just researched and went, okay, this is too many similar types of deaths. And there's been a have lot. They, just in have, the they, have they narrowed it down to somebody? Have they compiled like a list of suspects or anybody, anything like that? I think they've caught somebody who might be involved in these types of killings, but no, they've never really officially caught the killer associated with these killings. And I think these killings are done to confuse the police. So I think that at the surface level, the guys go out, they're drinking, right? And then they disappear and they must have fallen in water. But almost every case that I've studied, there's no actual witness seeing them go in the water, right? Yeah. So you would think, like, I saw Bob come out of uh, Murphy's Irish Pub. He was hammered, and he walked over to the side of the water, and he fell in, and then we found him in the water four days later. That's not what happens. What happens is Bob comes out of the pub. Somebody's following him. He looks like he has GHB. He's way too drunk. He's only had two drinks, but he's acting like he drank a 12-pack. And then he wanders around, and he's never seen again. And then nine days later, he's found down the Hudson River in a – water treatment facility and those those are the ones that are very obviously to my mind uh foul play yeah could, and it's not it the first thing and you can go back and look in time like if you look at the mob in new york city they're dumping bodies in the water all the time <laughs> yeah they, lake Erie's full of them that's what oh, i was yeah. going to say that there was a lake that was drying out and they found over 14 yeah. bodies recently yeah, some still in like, vegas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was vegas. yeah they were so, still in cement shoes and still had cinder blocks so, around so was, their yeah i was going to ask your view do you think it's possibly like a weird murder motif that somebody has dreamt up of like oh i saw this pattern and it's like a weird version of a copycat but it's a copycat yeah. to hide your traces, like yeah. hide the evidence in a way because there's there's this guy that was just caught uh, that he made so many Google searches on how to hide a body. Mm. What is how how long does it smell? How do you dissolve it in acid? So he was an idiot, used Google, and then they just literally read out the Google search. And what if this is some variant of the 10 different ways you can get rid of a body? No, I think that's it. I think the smart one goes on to the dark web, uses Tor, anonymizes himself through some other application, and then goes on and talk to these other guys in the BDSM community, and they learn through the underground what to do. So it's a rarefied thing. Like, it's a crazy part of the human experience. It's a weird part of the internet. <laughs> right. But I think that, that somebody like goes, hey, this is what you do. You don't do this. Like, you take them and throw them in water. You clean up the body and chuck it in water. You, uh, the cops will think you just drowned, and then they'll just the, the water dissolves to take most it off of the, the evidence. The water, yeah. I know this is a little, I guess, and and the, this will be well expected from me, I guess, be, being a little bit out there. You see things in Hollywood and such. You know, I'm a big believer that Hollywood is a lot of predictive programming. So, 
you see things in Hollywood where they show people playing games with human lives on the dark web. Do you plausibly think there's any way that since there maybe there isn't just one, like maybe this is some kind of dark web game? Group? Like group, or and then that's, that's why it's being spread out, and, but it's all similar. If you accept that these deaths are not accidental, that they're not random, that you have to look at when is the earliest death, like the first guy, like year zero. The first death was this kid, McLean, out of, uh, he went to, not Rutgers, he went to Fordham. He went to Fordham, kind of north part. Fordham, of, yeah. Yeah, in New York, kind of Manhattan Island. But he was found in a water treatment, but it happened in the mid-90s. So these deaths, have, they've, and they're occurring right now. Like there's just been a ton of killings in Houston and Chicago in the last six months. Um, but if you look at that, so you see that this MO or this kind of thing has happened with the advent of the Internet, right? So the Internet shows up in 95, maybe earlier, but it's allowing people to communicate that maybe not have communicated with each other before. And people with... Uh, Kinks like I saw a correlation between the gay BDSM community and these types of killings. So, like imagine like I don't hang out on FetLife or what uh, some message board, but what if somebody was like that's their thing, and they shared stuff and what to do, and the reason why if you go back if you pull that up uh, uh, my first documentary, the picture on there is from this kind of uh, dungeon, like somebody's being tortured in a dungeon with a, with a water pipe in his throat, right? So they're faking his death. And so that was in this movie called, or this thing called Broken, uh, which was done by Nine Inch Nails. It was directed by a particular person by the name of Peter Christofferson who's passed away. But he was involved in a lot of that kind of strange gay underground. And that's probably why there's a lot of reasons why people don't view this because who why would somebody like our standard crime like a woman's crime like you get it, it's a sex crime some guys likes women that's what they do so some of these serial killers Bundy. but that's the whole thing about this is that <clears throat> i think that this is an a homosexual law uh, there's a significant proportion of this is homosexually motivated so you see a lot of the, these gay people um involved as victims and interesting no and then i all right I guess what my where my brain in a sense was kind of going with some of this is there is it were, it makes me think of a movie that I actually checked out which is really hard for me to check out half the time anyway but it was called it was called Guns Akimbo and the plot of yes. the movie the plot of the movie was a dude crossed the wrong person on the internet and got involved in an internet game basically that was going on with like an underground crime organization running through the internet. And they sought down and tracked this guy and made him a part of the game. And <clears throat> Daniel Radcliffe in and, it from uh, Harry Potter. And it, and it, and it's, it's a bit outlandish. Don't get me wrong. I understand that the movie itself is completely outlandish and kind of just more of like a fun ride thing. But the base theory behind it was, is that people on the deep dark corners of the internet you know, there's there's clearly been shown, I think everybody that's in here has stumbled across thing being in the early days of the internet, you know, like there's parts of the internet that people just don't really talk about. You're like, there's, Holy crap. there's an above I can't believe I've seen that, you know. No, the, do you guys ever heard of Ogrish? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking Ogrish. about. 
Yes. That website, which there's a it's version a, of it today. It's not ogreish anymore. Nope. There's a few versions oh, of I know. it, but those websites still exist. It's basically and, murder porn. Yeah, 90%, yeah. 90% of the internet is the dark web. And let me just say, if you browse Netflix, you browse Hulu, you browse Tubi, you browse Amazon Prime, um, if anything, people in the United States, I mean, if you browse all of the podcasts, people in the United States have this fascination with serial killers. Especially when the number one genre, the number one genre is true crime. Jeez. Have you heard? Of I know there's a few explanations it, and they're kind of all creepy and bad. It's it's crazy because it look at all of the uh, like if, if you browse like the crime documentaries on like Netflix, you'll see the, the Gacy tapes, um, the Green River Killer. Uh, you'll you'll see this fascination with Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. It's it sells, you know, and people are just so. And the thing is, what's weird, though, is like you could have these murders taking place. Like you're saying, the smiley face killer, this group could be just having a field day getting rid of people. And people will see that in the news and be just so numb to it because of the predictive programming on TV right now. They'll just they'll pass it completely over and not give it a second thought. Yes. Yeah, they won't even like think I about said, it. People just if the cops write it off as an accidental de death, it's gone. You know, yeah. only the families are really stricken. A lot. If you look at a lot of the families of the victims, almost all of them say this doesn't make sense. Bob was a great swimmer. Uh, the, he doesn't hang mm -hmm. out in water. I mean, he could float. Like there was one victim I had was Dakota James, was the head of his swim team in high school and he supposedly drowned in like the Ohio River, which is there like, was Ooh. just a murder on water in Puerto Rico, a, a crypto, very rich crypto guy that actually had developed a cryptocurrency died ar around where I lived in back in Puerto Rico with his clothes. He was fully clothed and he just evidently died with his wallet in his in his pocket as well. And you mentioned GHB, G, like that drug is really great for throwing somebody in the water and bye-bye. Absolutely. It's also really mm -hmm. great for getting them out of a bar. If you throw that, it doesn't smell, it doesn't taste, you chuck it yeah. in a beer. Oh, I've, se I've then, seen no, people dose with it several times. There's an <laughs> epidemic of those doses happening. I live in Los Angeles. They're telling people to watch it, out for these bars. They're doing it for fun. Like the, the, the bartenders are so... It is How really easy to die out. from it because of the poisoning once it mixes with alcohol. So some people just party with exclusively just with it because it's so strong that if you ever mix it with much of anything else other than water, it doesn't go well for you. So, we're, yes, wait, it can easily kill you, too. We're, talk, we're talking about GHB, right? Mm -hmm. right. Like you, you guys In, know uh, hydroxybutyrate, I think. Or on the straight, uh, the, the street name for it, which is I've always found kind of funny, is called Georgia Homeboy. That's why oh, it's God. It really <laughs> is. Boy, <laughs> it really is. Like, I, I'm, what, I'm, does that have some meaning? Does that name have some, so so down so down here in the south? There's still a lot of the old school, uh, like transformers on poles and stuff like that. And a bunch of the board people that got tired of doing meth found that you could make a alternative version of PCP that kind of negates its way to being GHB. 
at, by shooting the bottoms of these transformers and collecting the liquid that was in the bottom of it to add to their mixture. And that that became a thing in the South that, that is so, so much weird. so much so so much so that they've 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 been changing them out throughout the years. You still occasionally, you know, you might be driving in some of the sticks out here, but you might see one of those old school cans up there. But that's that is a hundred percent what they used to do. Like when you talk to I've well, I, I have a habit of befriending ex-addicts. Ex I, I like I, pe people can turn their life around. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I'm, I'm friends with plenty of people that were at the lowest of low and even made it to prison. And now they are ahead of the curve and, you know, just completely changed their life around, have families and stuff like that. And I've, we've sat and had conversations about this stuff and, you know, they've, they've told me some of these things and the, these horror stories. And I'm just like, holy shit at the things that drugs will do to someone and and the the desperation and the levels of extremes that people will go to chase a high i mean we're talking about things that you probably shouldn't ingest coming from one of those barrels let alone the amount of chemicals they put into making something like a methamphetamine or something <clears throat> so could this time you mentioned Dahmer. look at Dahmer for example jeffrey Dahmer was drugging people the entire yeah. time he was involved in his criminal career. So he was yep. going around to gay bars and all the stuff and finding even while he was in, he was using it while he was in the military. Yeah, so that's a perfect example. So imagine somebody drugging something and he used to uh, Jeffrey was trying to get people back to his apartment. That was his big challenge. So then he drug them, but he had a different body disposal. Imagine if somebody just went and took the body and threw it in the water. I mean, it's just a thought. So. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Dakota James is a really interesting case, and, and I'm glad you kind of brought that yeah. case up on the internet because there's a really good uh, article about him by somebody called uh, Nikki Wisency Egan, E G A N. It's about him because he was, it seems like he was selected. She wrote an article before he disappeared, about six weeks before that. He called a friend, said, I don't know where I am come get me. He had been drugged. He's all he remembered was like a black kind of uh, high end van or something, you know, that you pick like a black car picks you up mm -hmm. and he was freaked out. He didn't know where he was. And then the same thing happens to him again. He disappears. And then he's found in the water 40 days later, going down the Ohio river from Pittsburgh um, in a place that he would have drifted. If he found fell in that uh, to, you know, exactly the day he disappeared he would have been found within two days and he wasn't decomposed so what happened to dakota james why wasn't his body decomposed why was he found 40 days later why was he selected before that and drugged um well it that's the worst of situations of, of of they could have been uh, subject to extreme levels of abuse uh of different types and then you know you let him go you let you get rid of the you get rid of the problem have it's you ever situation. heard of uh cyril wecht do you know who cyril wecht is i'm unfamiliar i think he's cyril, kind of cyril a, a publicly known cyril wecht s-c-y-r-i-l look type in cyril wecht dakota james type that into google see if that pops up but he's a pretty no well-known public uh forensic examiner does autopsies on people so Dakota James was found. He was an autopsy was done on him by some guy who they hired from China, who didn't say anything unusual. So the family, 
oh. went and got an autopsy. And what did the fi family find on the autopsy of Dakota James but rope burns around his neck. So he had very visible rope burns uh, that was overlooked by the initial forensic uh, examiner. Um, I actually did find it. Um, it's, it's, but it's this fun. is like case yeah. after case after case after case. Yeah. Disappearances found upriver, downriver. So it's all very suspect. I did. I did find the article, and it's it's trying to make me go through the paywall. So I'm trying to find an alternative one, but it, it's talking about. Right. It is talking so about <clears throat> the autopsy being different yeah. from. Scroll down and see if you can find the one that is in. Um, uh, yeah, well, you can go archive. to archive. Check up the archive one. Yeah. yeah, the archive one is probably open. Family Dakota James announced evidence above. Yeah. Archives usually are open. There we go. Yeah, that's it. 2018. This is recent now. I was at Arc. Well, yeah, it's uh, fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. So, so the county medical examiner's <laughs> office ruled that Dakota James drowned in what they determined to be an accident. So they said it's an accident. Now scroll down and see if they mentioned Cyril Wecht. See, there's Gannon. That's the original investigator yeah. I was mentioning earlier. The spyless mace portion theory. And then scroll down more and see if they come up with serial work there. Doesn't mention his name in this one. I'm 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 gonna find it though, because I I mean I I did keep finding his name, so that's there's something to that. Like there, I mean obviously obviously there's something to that. The the rope burn thing I find quite interesting in its own. Yeah, no. I mean, there's all these cases are all messed up. The the authorities have bungled a lot of these cases too. And and that's just it. You know, you were you were mentioned earlier about when a case goes, you know, to a point where the cops write it off in that way, and it becomes it technically becomes a cold case. And I've mentioned this before. My little brother is, happens to be a cold case detective in the city of Atlanta. And like he, he originally was, you know, like a beat cop or whatever, and actually realized that he was, that he was doing things, you know, more or less for the hand of the government and not as much for the, you know, for people and such. And then he got into doing this cold case thing and has been recently solving, helping solve murders that have been closed for years. You know, this, it'd be it, it's the kind of thing or the kind of stuff that you would need, I guess, in some of these situations now since they've been written off. But and, and, and the thing is, it, there's no relationship to anything related to their bodies of how they're treated on a physical level. Um, any particular thing that's really present in all of them in terms of. Abuse. Oh, well, there are different ones. One of the things is that the, the medical examiners don't do a very good job. And a lot of the stuff, the, the autopsies are not public evidence. So they can cover a lot up. And there's been two, this one, Cyril Weck looked into this uh, medical examination, but also the original guy, McLean. Yeah. Uh, they looked in, like originally they said he drowned and was found in this water treatment facility. And then Cyril Weck looked at the evidence and the upper part of his body was burned off like somebody put a blowtorch to him. And he had a claw hammer. Uh, marks on his head like somebody hit him with the backside of a hammer 
So, like, they just washed over all the stuff and wasn't published. So the wow. police keep some of the evidence close to their uh, chest. So I suspect even in a lot of these other cases, there's damage to the body, but it just hasn't been publicized. And it's a real, just another indication of how our law enforcement. Uh, well, no, I mean, you actually, you know, you, you see that you, you, even in a lot of these crime television shows and stuff that they put on there, you see them portraying that as they're like, oh, we're trying to trying to keep the public safe by keeping them in the dark about this. And it's just I've always been like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, if anything, we kind of need to know the gruesome details just to, I guess, be aware of the situation more to work on connecting the lines and such ourselves even. I would agree with that. I think they should publicize it. The FBI came out. You can read, look it up. They said they debunked the theory in like 2008 or 2009. I've seen a couple different debunks on it. I think it's hilarious that they're nonsense at the debunks of it. I try to get these people to call me and argue with me and just, you know, whatever. I, I'm up for anything. I have so much evidence. It's just outrageous. Like, well, I've got 120 thing- cases. I can probably drop 300 cases and people will just be My thing is, if you have... If there's, like you say, there's a few hundred cases with so many similarities that you could, you, you know, you could gather all this info and show it like, hey, it could possibly be one group of people. And to get that much pushback and that much just like trying to hide the evidence. That means there could be it, something more to it. Right. It just makes you think. Is who this related could, to who? Epstein level ridiculousness? Because remember, that's, 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 that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. Epstein. Everybody right? ignored. Think you have to think in the that's level what of getting what at. is Epstein. There was a lot of crimes that happened yeah. to create that. So yeah. what if this is an organization that facilitates the Epstein esque services? Right. For a specific genre of clientele, and, like you know, like hostile doesn't go well. It, like hostile, uh, you pay so much money to kill somebody. You know I what mean, I mean? Hostile was based off a real thing, but just an Asian. Oh, like Eli Roth, when he directed that movie, he was seriously considering changing everything because his he felt his life was in danger when he directed that movie. It's like when you get so much pushback in the media, stuff gets erased, stuff gets swept under the rug. In so many cases, it makes you think like, Who's behind this that has that much pull well, to just make all did. of this go away? This all came from him finding a real listing of an offer of that type. He was yes. they were offering people at different price brackets, Americans like supposedly being the most expensive, but they were saying uh, different prices depending on the nationality of the individual, if it was male or female. And uh, yeah, they basically give you the person for you to do whatever the heck you wanted with them. I'd seen you sent this over there, uh, Mr. Ramsey. I didn't know if did you want this played or not? Did you? Yeah, want you, these are the two original kind of investigators. They did a show four years ago on oxygen. All right, but I don't think they really covered covered it well enough. All right, well, this is just a little three minute and fifty two second video here, guys. I'm gonna hit play on it and let you guys check this out too. Audio, it's muted. These investigators believe that they had this could be the work of a group. The drowning deaths of college-age men left an impression on Kevin Gannon, a retired New York Police Department detective, who decided to investigate the cases further. 
But it wasn't the only mark left behind. Gannon and a team of investigators noticed smiley faces and other types of graffiti at some of the scenes where alleged victims were found or where they went missing. Uh, what we've determined is a well-structured organized gang with cells in major cities across the United States who drug, abduct, hold the victims for a period of time alive before they murder them and then place them into the water. Here's a look at the timeline of the investigation of the smiley face killer theory. For me, it started in 1997 uh, with the Patrick McNeil case when I was a supervisor in the missing person squad. Gannon says he found elements of the Fordham University students drowning as suspicious, which pointed towards human involvement. Although he was still working for the NYPD Missing Persons Unit at the time, he made a promise to the McNeil family that when he retired, he would look into the cases further. And it's a promise he kept. After retiring in the early 2000s, Gannon enlisted the help of another retired detective, Anthony Duarte. He knew what he was onto, and he wanted to stick to it, and he wanted to get justice for the families. And to show also to the authorities that these are not just drunk kids falling into the river while they have to go to the bathroom that they're being targeted. Along with the three drowning cases in New York that sparked Gannon's interest, the team says that they started to see drowning clusters in states like Michigan and Wisconsin. Lacrosse saw at least 11 drowning deaths since 1997 for college-aged men. The first case for me was in February 2006 with Scott Radel. He was a student at our campus. He went missing. Gilbertson began looking into similar cases with the help of his students. So I started reading through them and I said, oh my God, there's a pattern here. His students first thought of the killings as the work of the Interstate 94 killer. According to Gilbertson, it was an urban legend at the time of a killer working their way across the interstate. Later that year, Gannon and Duarte linked up with Gilbertson to begin working together on the cases. We went out there and shared information and then we realized it wasn't just a, a single lone killer because they couldn't be doing it on the same nights in different cities unless they were you know, some type of group or organization or gang as we finally put it together. That same year, Minneapolis police reclassified the drowning death of Chris Jenkins, who was found dead months after disappearing on Halloween night. It was changed from accidental drowning to homicide. Police cited a new tip from a potential witness as the reasoning. Other clusters of drownings the team says they found stretch from cities like Chicago to Boston. The victims, for the most part, except for the ones that like went to school at Northwestern, the victims in Chicago are all from other cities where we have victims, like St. Cloud, East Lansing, and then it's when they came to Chicago to watch a sporting event or something like that, or celebrate New Year's, that's when they ended up victimized. With cases as recent as 2017, the team points to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as the latest 2023, baby. Another retired NY... <clears throat> well, go ahead, I'm sorry. I said it's 2023, this is old. <laughs> still happening. There's yeah, there's a lot more cases. Yeah, yeah, it's grown since then. Well, no, I mean just just in what we've you know pulled from this so far, you know, like these these guys seem like they've obviously done their homework. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're fellows that are familiar with doing this kind of thing and clearly had other eyes on it as well. So it's not to me. I think it's 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 another one of those ones that it's awfully laughable to just brush it off. Kind of like, you know, you made reference, Luis, about like Epstein or like Maxwell being charged with human trafficking to no one, no one, you know, and, but didn't they, didn't they just release a movie on Netflix about uh, a group of elites uh, 
hunting people on an island? Oh, uh, well, that movie came out in theaters and then likely Netflix probably just bought it. But I remember this was a story, I think, supposedly it was like it was political. Yeah, it was political. It was liberals hunting right wing or it was liberals hunting Republicans. Something like that. I mean, all of these stories like this, all of these movies like this have uh, there's a, a there's there's reality to it you know yeah oh that's uh, that's i think that's the really the programming I mean, aspect of things like you you know i mean i know i know everybody's go-to is they're like oh the simpsons and i'm like eh look now like look mm. at look at things like <clears throat> like them hiding yeah I, and this this is where a lot of people are like jim you're getting a little fringy but i don't care but like they put 9 11 and so many things outside of the simpsons like you can go all the way back into the 80s and stuff in the movies and find callbacks to the idea of you know the twin towers or an attack on new york like that happening and such like that even 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 an x-files spinoff that got canceled because its premiere episode gunman its premiere episode was literally planes flying into the world trade centers and they were yeah There's and multiple movies literally and mm-hmm. the thing is how many movies are there of anybody attacking the empire state building outside of king kong and like there was an actual physical plane that crashed into the B- empire state it, building the B, a b29 crashed into it in 19 which is a pretty, something and the i designer, can't remember the designer of the the, the twin towers said mm-hmm. that big planes could crash into it and nothing would happen yeah yeah, we're we're getting off subject. Yeah, we're getting off subject. I mean, subject I mean but it, this could be a whole. You know, <laughs> but but, are, but see, but see, are we though? Because see, from it, where I'm sitting, up, you know, upon my weirdness, is it? What is the plausibility that the same cult that is doing the things with Glushy, with Glush, Gl- Maxwell, Epstein, World Trade Centers? And these killings, like, how, what if there is a connection somewhere in the, you know, in the, in, in what I guess people generally call the shadow government, or I just call the puppet masters? Like, have you seen the Watchmen? The yes, and the Watchmen yes. TV series, which oh, not the lot, TV series. I watched the TV it series, was the movie. But the Watchmen TV series, they they input this idea of a collective inside of things like the NYPD that you know, made it so the NYPD didn't ever behave like they were supposed to because there's something controlling the NYPD. Now, considering the NYPD today is one of the largest police forces with one of the most well-funded police forces in the United States that has has foreign offices in other places and operates outside of New York, who knows what's just even related to them. But you can tell that there's nefarious people inside of these organizations that don't want certain information to come out so they just every major city chicago la new york miami um houston i mean all major cities like that uh atlanta there's there's uh an underground where's the most human trafficking like the hartsfield jackson airport is a big hub because of it being an international airport for human trafficking and now that we basically have hollywood in this state because they found atlanta to just be so fabulous for filming as it got up it the, the it's unlivable in atlanta yeah I, you, you can't like, afford it you can't afford it 
us people that are semi from Georgia or at least spend enough time of their life to be considered from here, like we're, we don't go to Atlanta. We stay away from Atlanta unless it's like an absolute necessity or something like that. Because yeah, you, man, we've had some in the recent years, some of those weird art expos where you have these people that are, I mean, I understand they're artists, but it's creepy occult out there kind of art stuff. And then you get a whole bunch of stories over the next I mean, few I've weeks about people. And yeah, I've people, not seen those in shows. People, those people, people going missing and stuff like that. There's, there's actually an artist that is also an author, author that did some work for Hillary Clinton that owns this really interesting bar in Atlanta here that is known by the name of Church. And it is quite the opposite when you walk inside. And it's this dude plays it on this satirical thing and but it's all like super satanical but it's in the form of like a church it's really disturbing to be honest with you and actually this totally weird dude that was tied to some terrible sexual allegations on top of things was going to buy a giant chunk of property near my mom one time. And I, I totally fed her the information about who this dude was and her and the entire County made sure that this dude didn't get to buy that chunk of property to turn it into a resort for him and his friends during the summer, because that's the last thing they needed out in the country of Georgia. And it's, it's interesting to see all of these weirdos showing up from Hollywood and how the atmosphere of downtown Atlanta has changed because I do see a correlation with a lot of the same people that are pushing an agenda upon kids currently and this kind of stuff going hand in hand. Like, I don't know why it comes with Hollywood and publicity. Anybody? Well, I would say that if there is a connection with organization to this, then why isn't there been more of a attention given to this that promotes like thorough, thorough connection checking? And because there is potentially a drug connection uh, related to all of this as well, like a scene connection. And it's, 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 there's ways to connect the dots. Yes. But if nobody wants to do it, mostly on a federal level, because you have to then investigate Let's, communications. I mean, I mean they're surveilling be... every call you make, every text you make. Yeah, let's, and, and this, they there could can't be international implications. To, there could be international. This could be international easily. You know, this yeah, could easily they... stretch to to other countries. I mean, if, have you seen? Have you seen any connections to any uh, murders like outside of the United States or any accidental, you know, killings outside? Yeah, my second, documentary, my second documentary covers all the international stuff. It's the global slaughter continues. So I cover Maybe. cases in France, Netherlands, Germany, UK, again, Spain, Italy. So it's happening all over. Yeah. Thailand. Yeah. I just got a rabbit hole to dive into. Oh, Australia. Now that, now that is an underground and a country that would easily breed something like this would be Thailand. Yeah, absolutely. There's been bodies found in water all over there. I think there's been like 60 or 70 bodies found in the Sydney 
Sydney Harbor over the last 30 years. So oh, it's a wow. dumping spot too. A lot of them are gay. So man, um, I got a rabbit. Oh, I got a rabbit hole to dive into now. Oh man. <laughs> and well, you and, can pull up my films. Why don't you pull it up? I showed it in the chat. Sure. Sure. You can show yeah, the links. Me, people can check it out. Oh no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, of course I'm, I try to make sure I stay on top of, uh, bringing all the links and stuff that I can with these episodes, everything that I share on here and everything that guests send with me definitely go with the, so episode. that's my first one. You can see it on Vimeo and then you can pull up the second, second one too, the follow on. Well, yeah. That's it. And then there was a movie that came out about the smiley face killers and they totally stole my artwork. You can bring that up. It was done by uh, Brett Easton Ellis. You can pull up, pull it. I'll show you the link. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, but see, now there's there's another one of those things right there that I have spoken about in the past. I'm not sure too much on the show, but on other platforms and stuff about how they will release something that has a similar name or similar cause or similar something so that when you go to search for it, all you're finding is, is, is that like, Oh, you mean fast and furious? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Disney's Disney's frozen operation fast and furious. And then you have to pass through the first 80 links. Disney's frozen. Disney's frozen. Yeah. That is a, that is a big one. He's frozen. Oh, Disney's frozen. Walt Disney's frozen under Epcot Center. Because so that, whenever you when you search for Disney Frozen before the movie, it would come up as Walt Disney Frozen under Epcot Center, the whole like theory behind him, or is at least his head frozen. And now that they release Disney's Frozen, whenever you search for Disney's Frozen, yeah. DC? I mean like because so in and in the same sense, you know, they've not only did they steal your artwork, but they 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 kind of stole your Google search ability with the smiley face killings because at when you do type it into just Google, you know, I've I've got some add-ins on my Google search bar, of course, that thanks to Louise hooking me up with some things and of course other things that I've just found along the way myself too to make my searches a little better. You know, you you have to dig through, like they were just saying, a bunch of nonsense to actually find these conspiracies that are out there, you know, and and I also believe that's them kind of trying to cover their trail on things, not only with the smiley face thing, but with other things as well. Go look up the, the life of Brett Easton Ellis, his background, the stuff he's written and uh, why he would put out a kind of movie that shifts the focus of these killings away from you know, uh, a group of people with similar interests to just one serial killer. You know, I think that, uh, that, no, that's, that, I like that. You know, I've, uh, we're talking about this fella right here. Yeah. He wrote American psycho. Yeah. That's what I thought we were. Wait, yeah, that, we were somebody was just mentioning. They just released, uh, a, a new book just now after like 10 years. Yeah. That he's released a new book just recently too. Right, is that what you're about? Yeah, look into his background, his interests, what he likes to do. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it seems to be a full of a lot of. I mean, American Psycho is a good example. Like, I mean, I I understand that the actor was portraying something, but the actor was portraying something that uh, the governor of California. You mean? What I mean? <laughs> I mean, it was a representation of the current governor of California. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, but see, you can always judge like how close you are or the target zone based on how quick and how strong the propaganda machine picks up immediately after you like start digging up dirt on something and start, you know, how the releasing stories and videos, uh, documentaries on stuff uh, independently, like you will know how strong of a story you have based on like, they'll start like throwing up, trying to shift people's view away from this. This goes, uh, this goes along with something I was talking to about some guests we had the other night when Luis was with me about the $5,000 book, you know, that you, when you go to look for that book in just a general search, it, it comes up, as like the myth or the theory of the forgotten cause and then you find when you do finally track down this book and you find the copy of it and it costs four thousand nine hundred and seventy nine dollars and some change plus 15.99 shipping to get a physical copy of this book you're like why why is learning why is reading something that's supposed to be fake so expensive and and no and i'll ask really why are they not reprinting that book because somebody owns the rights. I've looked, I've looked. Somebody but why owns the is there not been, if somebody can be like, look, I will pay you reprint it. It looks like it. There's enough of a demand. I, I would say if the book's $5,000, you can do a reprint and it'll likely sell at least moderately well, well enough to be worth printing. When you put a price on a book like that guy, uh, Jimmy found it for free. You know, no, but we, I mean, you know, I mean, people like to have there's no, you can't hide because of like how, you know, I mean, just like the power you have at your fingertips now. I mean, you don't have to be like a, you don't have to be a genius uh, to get on a computer and do your own research. You really don't. I mean, just the power you have at your fingertips to do your own research on subjects, you know, um, nothing can stay hidden for Wait, for very long you didn't watch the news doing your own research is dangerous for our democracy. right 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 those are the same people that saying retiring early is hazardous to your health was this <laughs> but seriously though you doing your own research it, it stuff won't stay hidden for very long you know like this you know and that's and and that like, exactly like this i guess Isn't that's why discover like covering more cold i mean uncovering and solving cold cases left and right and those are citizens mm-hmm. those are citizens like well, those are everyday individuals that are investigating that are are looking into things and realizing why why am i noticing a pattern so well in the law enforcement and those people hired to do the task or not and you will you you have done the work to realize, OK, there are patterns and let's recognize these patterns. Let's discuss these patterns. Let's have conversations on them so you can critique me and you can destroy any any points I give. But let's conversate instead of just ignoring it. We had a we did a Jimmy and I did a serial killer episode <laughs> with John with a Canadian while ago. John. Yeah, with Can- Canada John, our fellow British American. Um. And there are 500 something upwards of 500,000 unsolved murders in the United States. Yes. And just imagine how many of them have yeah. been written off. Like these have been written off. And even <clears throat> in Puerto Rico, do, I think it's 90%. Do you, do you, William, do you think that there is 
a plethora of ones even that you still haven't discovered that may have started before 97? <clears throat> like, It's a good question. I don't know if this phenomenon really goes back that far. Okay. But there's pro there's other cases that I haven't heard of. Somebody Maybe under another name. Maybe they were under a different name. Uh, well, I mean, they're just not associated with the large group of this gotcha. phenomenon. So yeah. people do send me stuff like I didn't, I don't speak French, but some French guy looked through and went through all the cases in France. And there's obvious these, this type of phenomenon is happening in France. So I assume it's happening in many, many more places. Than so if, if even I can see. What, what this would, what's your theory on what could it be? Would this be a human trafficking matter like ring? I think, abused, I, th I think they're abducted, abused. I think they're abducted, abused, and then murdered, and then dumped in the river. I think that's that. It sounds simple. very typical. Trafficking, yeah. Standard human trafficking: use them, abuse them, throw them away. And and with it being, with it, it it's interesting seeing that it is a specific. I don't think that's really too. I wouldn't define that as trafficking. I don't know well, if they're yeah, like keeping them, and other people are coming in. Yeah, that's trap. That's still trafficking uh, under no, under the no, tech. Anytime if you abduct somebody, you're not trafficking. Trafficking would mean selling, sending across state lines. But if it's one or two people taking somebody and shoving them in the dungeon, abduction of individual is trafficking. When you're abducting somebody, you're taking. Them. So are you saying that's yeah. a legal term? Yeah. No, it's it's more on that. Yeah, we're splitting. Okay, we're splitting hairs. Yeah. I've never heard that. I'm a lawyer. I've never heard that term. I'm pretty familiar with criminal procedure and law, but whatever. No, that, no that's, um, that's actually that. You know that that is a that is a point that I also have seen when I was reading a lot of your stuff is that you have studied law and stuff. So I think to me, I'm, attorney. I'm an attorney in the state of California. Yeah, and so I think I think when it comes to investigating this stuff, like you know you. That in itself, I guess, if people are looking for credentials, because, you know, that's a big thing you always find out here in this kind of realm when you're talking about these fringe type subjects is people are like, you know, oh, you're just some weird dude with a pirate hat. And I'm just like, yeah, totally cool. But then you have people that, you know, have actually put in the effort and have the the documents that they want to recognize over the guy that's done his own research. And it's just like, why? Well, here's the thing you is know? that you can take all that and throw it away. You can just look at the work that I put out. All my yeah. books speak oh. for themselves. Yes, my sir. documentaries speak for themselves. Oh, we're not dying. We're not denying that. I'm not at saying all. you are. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that personally. Like I feel like you're after me. I'm just saying mm -mm. that the, that's the beauty of a book or a documentary is people will go and watch it and test it. I can tell you for a certain certainty my first documentary, which is three and a half hours, when people get done with that, nobody gets done and says, this is all bogus. They understand because yes. they oh. put out all the facts. Yes, learn. yes, yes. And, and you know, I've, I actually, my, my first come across you years ago was in you, the book, The Children of the Beast, the Aleister Crowley or whatever, when that, when you first put that out. And yeah. that was shown yeah, to me. 2014. Yeah. 2014, that was a while back. And that was that was shown to me. And, you know, after going through stuff like that, I was <clears throat> I got into that route and I've done a lot of investigating into that subject, too. Like as far as the Aleister Crowley ties and a lot of like the weird occult stuff. And I did like this five hour conversation with a guy that's done a lot of research into that, too. And he's not a big fan of, of Crowley himself either because of the way he practice practices 
kind of inversion to a, to things and the backward stuff and the occult type practices of these inversion type stuff. And it's a mate. I'm, I guess what I'm alluding to is that like, I personally see that all of the bad in the world is intertwined by something that we all don't really have an answer to. And that's why I personally think like, this is, <clears throat> this has, you know, somebody has a, a flavor or something, or somebody has a interest in the, this specific genre of man. And that's why this continues to happen. I personally wouldn't doubt if out there on the dark web somewhere, somebody's actually paying for the visuals of the abuse and stuff that you're talking about going. That wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, because there are. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the documentary Kink? It's on Netflix. I do know what you're talking about. I haven't actually seen it. I know what you're talking about. I've read some reviews about it. Go and check that out because I included it in my first documentary. And what it is is these guys in San Francisco bought some old armory and they filmed, it's like super heavy, like BDSM type stuff, but they had different rooms and they would have the video and people from all over the world would pay to go in and watch. But these were all legal type stuff in San Francisco. But imagine if those people involved in that also had something even darker. Well, the red, it makes me think, think about the red rooms like that. That's right. right, Exactly. You know, that's, that was where my brain went with a lot of this is because they're, the Red Rooms is another one of these disgusting phenomenons that actually happen and people yeah, pay, pay. Yeah, it, it is real. Like there have been really people killed and visually seen on this stuff that have gone missing. And then maybe not there even. Was a guy, there was a guy from Australia who ran these kind of Red Rooms. He, he moved to Philippines and he abused these Filipino kids in the most grotesque way imaginable. And he made money doing unspeakable things to children so and he got caught and put in jail he should have been put to death but um he was and this is kind of like the modern world so you can stream this stuff out i mean the sad Um, thing is today there's 40 million slaves on the planet that's why i was mentioning the trafficking element because this is all. so i my question is my question is what set you on this path to uncover this and make this a point to make a documentary about this and write a book and stuff so like it this. just follows it follows the stream of all of my research started out in 2010 writing about Crowley Crowley led to I was going to write children of the beast and I took a sidetrack and wrote about the, the West Memphis three and all the occultism and Crowley involved in the West Memphis three then I put out my third book in 2014 children of the beast and while I was researching children of the beast I kept seeing the smiley face. It was in Alan Moore. It's in the common culture. It's involved with art, ho- uh, art house type stuff. It's involved in Balenciaga now. I saw that. Uh, I saw it in Acid House kind of rave type stuff. So why is the smiley face so predominant? And then I, I came across this old recording, recording from coast to coast about the smiley face killer. So I thought it was an urban myth. And so then I just was keeping an eye out because I was doing more research on it. And I started following these cases. I met up and kind of linked up with Jim Smith, who I recommend people check out on Twitter. Oh, I do. I do follow him. Yes. Okay. He's probably the best. I mean, there's nobody who compares to him as far as the amount of research he's done. So I linked up with him and I watched the first case that I saw of a disappearance of a young kid. Uh, His name was Joey Labute in Columbus, Ohio. I said, if he gets found in water, I'm going to freak out. So he's disappeared 
the same pattern happens. It's not just the bar disappearance. He disappears. There's a call out. There's a massive manhunt. Their signs go up. They're in the news. 19 days later, Joey Labute's body is found in the Scioto River in the water. So that was like, wow, I just watched this phenomenon that people are talking about happen in real time. So then I just started following the cases and, and went back through the historical cases and just followed cases of people who started disappearing and drowning or being and found in water. Twitter the same thing happened with Dakota James. And there were case after case after case during that time. And so that set me down like, okay, I have a lot of visual evidence of these things and all of these recordings. And uh, it's very important that people understand that these are not accidental. So that was really the hook is that I put out that documentary to show these are not accidental drownings. These are something else is happening. So I showed all those in detail. Another case you can look at is Shane Montgomery out of uh, Manny Yonk, Pennsylvania. He supposedly drowned in like three feet of water. And they did a full search on the river, like the, the whole sonar stuff and all the guides. And then they found his keys. They didn't find his body. And then he pops up in the same spot 10 days later. I mean, these are unbelievable. They're not. They're, they're and, strange. And, and in most jewelry. cases, you said they're not decomposing, meaning they weren't in no, the well, water. Well, I don't. In many of the cases, no, I did not say. I did not say that. But okay, okay, I'm, I'm asking. Um, okay, well, no, I mean the cases that you can get the information from are all different. But in the case of Dakota James, he was not decomposed. I don't know what some of the state is like. Like I said, a lot of the information has not come to the public, so I don't know what's happened with you know a lot of these autopsies the family has to get the autopsy and put it out so i've only seen maybe five autopsies tops of all these like 120 cases i've looked into so that's why that's kind of the arc of this whole thing so i've kept up in the cases as much as possible um they're still in the public i mean it's it dipped during the whole covid down but now it's back in force like there's probably 10 dead bodies in the last two or three months um, and you can do them. I just interviewed Jim Smith within the last two or three weeks, and that's our most recent. So I just caught up with him. We've done probably five shows. And then that kind of, it's actually strange because it's just like doing research leads to your next book. So out of the Smiley Face Killers, I wrote my next book, which is Global Death Cult, about the Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen, and the Slaughter of the Innocents. So kind of do a lot of research that's never been done before. And so that was kind of why I did the Smiley Face Killers. My research was uh, tried to have more breadth than Gilbert and Gannon, sure, Gilbertson sure. and Gannon. So that's sure. why I put that, that together, that talk about it. And I would recommend to you and your listeners, go check out my Vimeo page, but go look at the comments of the people who, who actually watched the film. And uh, I never really got a bad comment, maybe one or two, but among all the other comments, there's probably 50 positive comments like, this is amazing, wow, you did a lot of research. And it's all based upon facts well, and stuff. There's not a lot of speculation. Nice. Oh yeah. Well, in a in a sense, you're you're trying to keep these people alive uh, because I mean, in a in a sense like this, it's like something happens to these people. I mean, and the people behind it are expecting to just have these people written off as you know an accidental death, you know, when Absolutely. they're being killed. And if somebody doesn't, they're going to be forgotten, you know. So yeah, go and you can go look at the families. You can go to the list and ask all those families. Almost all of them say it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't look. And there's actually another case I did. His name was Garcia out of Boston, who disappeared. They checked the uh, 
reservoir and then found his body upon another check. And the mother, uh, mother's instinct, she's being recorded right there by the media. And she says, I think he's still alive. I think he's still alive. This is after he just disappeared. And he probably was still alive. They probably had had him somewhere. You know, Louis, and he was abducted going away. And then he was found uh, found in this obvious reservoir that's people are walking around. It's about like in the center of town. He just magically reappears there in a previously searched reservoir. So, the, you know, these, these people, uh, yeah, the, a lot of these are forgotten. The police are not looking into them. And I mean... So it's, it's so really this is so, so this is one that Luis had brought up a little earlier that this this actually right. happened close to like his home his home his old home or whatever, and you know I mean of course there's some publicity around it and stuff but dude did just kind of like go missing and then reappear up on you know the bay there in the ocean and you know I'm I when now hearing. There's not much lakes in Puerto Rico, so you should. They usually yeah, use the ocean. Yeah. And then so, another person showed up in the ocean soon after. So he's the second body in Puerto Rico to show up in the ocean. Just you know, just randomly like this, and so you know, I, I it makes it makes me wonder like what kind of kind of things, or if there might even possibly be more connections and things like this. And you know, you're you're right. Just looking at some numbers here myself, you can see, of course, now that life is going somewhat back to normal that there has been an uptick yet again in missing persons cases and everything else in that realm of things and i've 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 made this correlation in a few of my previous shows and stuff that of course you know you've got your missing persons and your cave systems and your bigfoot sightings and all three maps can sit on top of each other and almost identical to the same exact thing and i know i know it gets a little bit far-fetched when i start getting into like the bigfoot aspect of it too but i've <clears throat> human trafficking and missing people i think is a very looked over aspect across the board anyway on top of these smiley face killings as well you know there are missing people every single day and a, a really true fact about most of it is that very many of them aren't ever really found you know there's people that have probably been on that missing poster board so long that they're grown adults now if they even made it that far and it makes you wonder if if like again this is me being me and kind of believing and agreeing with a lot of the things that i've seen you write and talk about that it is some form of a global death cult like out here doing some really effed up things all the way around you know i mean it not i and i think it affects more than just america i think there's this stuff going on in countries worldwide and absolutely and there are go look at the uh femicides in uh ciudad juarez right on the border between the u.s and mexico there's been like hundreds of women somebody said a thousand and they are clearly being abducted they're targeted they've been targeted through this business group and they're uh underwent the most horrific stuff and then are found in the desert. It's been going on and sociologists, FBI agents have been there to look around, Robert Ressler. And they say that this is kind of like a bonding thing. So these groups go out and hunt together. And yeah, 1,004, yeah, so. But they're going out and, increase. Yeah, and, and abusing these women and dumping them as a kind of like uh, sacrifice, also kind of like a ritual mm -hmm. among the men and passing them around, they're all, a lower class 
which is very similar to the smiley face killing victims. They're not upper class. They're all lower to middle class. Uh, some of them don't have a lot of resources. So it's a warning. Like a lot of the stuff my research is like, there's dark things, have very dark things happening in the world, and people can, need to be very aware. I most see, of the men don't think they can get drugged and raped. Yes, okay, right. so that's, that's like, I could see the uh, warning aspect of it, you know, and back to something you said earlier about kind of being there to throw police off. You know, you're, you're taking average Joe, average Jim Bob, and making him disappear he was probably a popular fellow you know what i'm saying you know you're at least at least known and then things go on and then he pops back up and like you said that one case 40 days later and it's just like what you know what the hell is going on here and that i think somewhere and i think this goes back to where i was saying somewhere about like the red room stuff because I really do think that people do get abducted and abused in aspects that we couldn't possibly imagine because there is so much abuse out there, even in the, in the, the, like the porn, pornography world, like there's a terrible things going on on like Pornhub or whatever of people being, you know, sexually mistreated and such. And the company's, like they're like, oh, we're fighting it, but yet it still pops up, just like with Twitter and CP and you know things like that. And you're just like, how is this shit making it to the the above ground of the internet? Is it really getting that bad in the underground of the internet that it is making it here? It's it. This is back into that double edged sword bandit. You know what we're always talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah dude. You, you know, social what? media can be used to promote this sort of thing or uncover it you yeah. know what i mean and i, I Just think like any technology it's how you use it you know for good or that's right yeah guys yeah. yeah, i gotta run uh no i gotta take off it's I mean, been great this is time you need yeah no this is, no, this is good last I, I i do greatly appreciate everything that you've yeah shared with us here this evening and of course all the links and stuff we've talked about will be shared with this episode as well as links where to get back to william ramsey i've got his website and his yeah, apple you podcast can put the links, links to my two documentaries in the show notes too people can check yes sir out. absolutely i will make sure of that of course you know and we we again we greatly appreciate you joining us this evening thanks, and, thanks for the invite thanks for having me and I, I look forward to more that you put out on this stuff and keeping up with it myself too, man. And maybe we can talk again in the future. Check out Jim Smith. Check out all the stuff. He has the recent cases too. So yes, sir. much yes. more so than I am. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take care. Yes, you have so a great much. night. It's a pleasure. You too. Bye-bye. Bandit Luis, you guys got anything you'd like to add to this evening before we get ready to close it out? Of course. I, I do not. It was a good episode. It's I fascinating. Mean, I mean, it's a fascinating element he has uncovered, and and they you know, uh, look to learn. Yeah, more. I got. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely a definitely a rabbit. <laughs> hole. Definitely a rabbit. And, and this is it's, this isn't a new one for me. Like this is something I've come across mm -hmm. and gone back away from a few times over the years. Like it's it's definitely it's definitely something that's been going on for a while, and I I think it's worth a look. I think it's worth. Especially if you're somebody that doesn't believe in coincidences, I think it's worth a look. Absolutely. So, well, of course, you guys know that we've been totally 
getting it going with all these free sticker giveaways we got going on and we even got some new stickers in today so oh, you know you get, those. oh yeah we've got some brand new stickers of the flag that's his that's the, his flag man the regular unconstitutional <laughs> awakening the podcast gotta stickers. put that flag now everywhere jim so we can freak people out confuse yeah, yeah, them yeah. make their brains melt because we get a pile of them of stuff and, and get a pile of them and start putting them up so, around town. Yes. So the typical response when they see like that the, flag is a racist Confederate flag. That's literally what I no no oh, gay, instantly no, gay, Confederate gay flag. racist Confederate flag. Yep, that's the first thing gay that's Confederate flag. That's literally the response I get from most people. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You forgot but, about Scotland, but sure. But you guys, you want to know <laughs> you if you want to know a good a good place to get you one of these stickers of course I've, like i said in the opening of the show you can get these at our merch store if you'd like your own or you can go over and answer my riddle tonight at unconstitutionalawakening.com on this episode of the show make sure you do it there i can't catch them all when you do it on the app that you're listening to because there's a few apps that i don't even actually log into that i've got to figure out how to log into but that's that's a whole different story for a whole other night and i'm not the best internet suave on some of these things so so, so for tonight's riddle, my first is in <clears throat> my my first is in give, but not in hive. My second is in sort, but not in shirt. My third is in told, but not in toned. And my last is in ride, but not in rice. What am I? You guys make sure you get over there at unconstitutionalawakening.com and answer that one. I know I'm making them trickier, but hey, I can't keep them all cheesy for you guys. So it's time to weigh anchor, of course, and set sail out of here so you guys have a fantabulous evening. We'll see you next time.